Raymond James has been located in Carroll Bank and Trust since 1997, providing a customized service for discerning clients serving West Tennessee and surrounding areas. We offer a team approach to financial planning, presenting you with a broader scope of expertise than you will likely find in any one person. Our clients are our main priority, which is why we work to understand your unique circumstances and create a distinctive plan that provides a roadmap for your financial journey. During this podcast series, you will hear from the financial advisors at CB&T Financial. Join in to learn more about making smart financial investments, market changes, and members of our community that are making a difference in their area. Welcome back to the uh, latest installation of our CBNT Financial Podcast. I have with me Mike Carey and Matt Merrick, and I'm Nolan Poteet. And uh, it's post 4th of July, so uh, uh, just getting done celebrating uh, the great country that we live in. And uh, today we're just going to do a couple of things. We do have a special guest coming up, uh, and I'll let Matt introduce him uh, when that time is has come but matt's going to give us a market update and then mike and i are just going to talk about uh accountability as it pertains to uh your investment strategies and and what that looks like so i'm going to turn it over to matt uh to give our market update yeah thank you nolan so the market is continuing its streak of having a great year the first half of the year the s p 500 uh, was up 16 percent the dow jones almost four percent and the NASDAQ was up 32%. So uh, just uh, having a, a fantastic year, a lot better, I think, than anybody expected back in January. Uh, the S&P has broken out of a spread triple bottom and traveled above its downtrend line. And that gets into some uh, technical analysis there for any of you guys that like following that. But basically what that means is... Uh, that's a that's a very bullish stock pattern for the S and P five hundred. Apple hit a three trillion dollar market cap, and what that means is uh, uh, the market cap is the value of the whole company. So Apple's worth three trillion dollars right now, which is the largest stock in the stock market. Uh, Tesla's having a great year. Uh, it's having a it's on a huge rally right now after having record vehicle deliveries. So there are a lot of great things going on in the market right now. Uh, A consumer confidence report had been negative for 17 straight months since January of 2022, which that means uh, consumers were expecting stock prices to be lower in the future. That was for 17 months. That is now flipped uh, positive to where consumers are expecting uh, prices to be higher in the future. So since 1987, there have only been three other periods where the net bullish sentiment of the part of the consumers was negative for nine months or more. So there's only been three periods since 1987 uh, where consumers were as negative as they were for the past 17 months. And like I said, now that's flipped positive. Uh, the longest streak was 18 months coming out of the financial crisis during 2008-2009. Uh, there were two other nine-month streaks ending in February of 2012 and January of 2013. 
So in the year after each of the two nine-month streaks, the S&P 500 rallied 10.9 and 19%. And coming out of the 18-month streak back in the uh, financial crisis, the, ra- the market rallied 35% after the consumer confidence uh, returned to positive, just like it did recently last month. So that's a very good sign long-term for the market. Short-term, uh, 90% of our stocks in the, on the market are above their 10-day moving average. So while this is a sign of strength, it also means that stocks in the short term are probably overbought. So unless something changes, the dips are for buying and we're expecting stocks to be higher in the long term. Thanks for that update, Matt. Um, Hopefully uh, we can continue to see the strength that we've seen uh, going into uh, the second half of the year. So uh, Mike, what do you got for us today on uh, possibly a tip as far as uh, what we need to be thinking about? Well, you know, last month, uh, Nolan and Matt, we talked about uh, being uh, time uh, in the market and consistency and that being one of the key ingredients uh, to a successful investment strategy. And, you know, one thing I thought about for this podcast or a next tip that I thought about for this podcast was accountability. And uh, when I started thinking about accountability, what I thought about was our being accountable to our goals, our future uh, plans that we might have and what types of investment vehicles as we try to save for the future would help us most uh, have the best chance of success for achieving those goals. So accountability to looking at what types of strategies uh, will help. And then and secondly, you know, in that it's an accountability to uh, to strategies that may be employed uh, when you are uh, investing monies. You know, a lot of times you you can't just set it and forget it. I know, you know, on accountability, the uh, you can't uh, just uh, invest and, and never look at it again. You need to be accountable to what strategies you are using and periodically check those strategies to make sure that they're performing in line with your goals and then also that they're performing in line with any benchmarks that you might compare that to. The, uh, and, and some understanding about what an appropriate benchmark is and what an appropriate uh, comparative alternative investment might be. But then I thought about uh, accountability to your family, uh, being a good steward, you know, that... It's a biblical concept that the blessings that we have from the Lord, we're good stewards of those. So, so being a good steward of your family's uh, uh, assets uh, involves or, or necessitates accountability. And then for us as uh, financial advisors, you know, it's, it's, we need to check in and you need to check in with us periodically. We're in this together. Uh, we need to be accountable to each other as we're accountable to what we're doing with the money. And, and meeting or having a phone call two or three times a year helps us all to stay accountable to that. So, so when we call or when we ask for that uh, semi-annual or quarterly meeting, uh, be willing to participate and, and plug in on that. So, so those are my thoughts, Nolan, on when I thought about a tip for today, just accountability. 
Well, and those are those are all great uh, great things and some great advice. You know, one of the one of the main things about you know setting it and forgetting it that you said a while ago. You know, life happens and uh, things change in our lives. We get uh, as we grow near to retirement or a goal that we have set uh, forth at some point. You know, there there may be some changes that need to be made, and and that's why having a uh, a good working relationship with your advisor is, is key uh, and, and being able to uh, reach that advisor and you know we try to uh, we try to do that to all of our customers and, and, and hope that you try to do that to us so and today we've got a special guest with us Mr. Thomas Milam I've known Thomas uh, my whole life and uh, grew up across the street from him watching him cook. He'd come over on the 4th of July and help us cook ribs a lot growing up. And uh, Thomas has a lot of experience in cooking, and uh, we just invited him to be here today. And thank you for coming in, Thomas. I'm glad to be here. Well, good. Uh, so, Thomas, what's your favorite thing to cook? I love a good grilled hamburger. <laughs> mm, me too. That's, that's mine too. That's I awesome. like hamburgers. You were talking about Jerry when we came, when you walked in. You were talking about the juicy Lucy. Juicy Lucy. Well, that's a hamburger. Tell us about that. Well, all you need is ground chuck and this regular ground beef and mix them together first. That give you a good blend of meat. Okay. And then you make thin patties out of them. Two. You need two patties. Make them thin as you can, and you put cheese. I like cheese and peppers in mine. So you put that in the middle of them. Take a slice of cheese. I take Velveeta, what I like. And it's cut out of a small, you don't need a big piece, but you need a pretty good sized little piece of cheese. And just push it down in the middle of the first patty with a few onions around it. And then you come back with the second patty and then close it up. Did you say you put jalapeno peppers in there you with put, it? You could put, put hot, you could put anything you want to. That sounds great. Now, does oh. that take longer to cook because you got that cheese and stuff in the middle? It or is it like the you, same? It's cooking like you cook a regular hamburger. Man, that sounds delicious. I but, bet your group at your house yesterday oh for fourth, they tore those up. Oh, they, they bite, about to bite the finger off. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm going to have to try that. My, my, I did some burgers yesterday, but I just used some Huey's. Huey's barbecue or Huey's burger sauce on yeah, there out, yeah. of, out of Memphis. I used that and they seem to like those pretty good, but I'm definitely gonna have to try yeah, that. You put that Lucy. If you put that cheese, you don't need a whole lot, but you need it in there and just encase them good, you know, and pat them out and grill them. Man, that sounds awesome, you know. What all did you cook for the fourth? Oh, uh, I cooked, well, I started out cooking briskets for somebody. It wasn't for me, but I ended up so well. If I'm gonna cook, I better cook this one. So I ended up cooking two briskets and oh my. The key to a good brisket, like I said, when you go to the store to pick it out, you pick him up and if you don't have, if you can't bend him a little bit, you need to have some play in him. If he won't bend or nothing, set him back in the case. You don't want him. He's <laughs> he's too tough. Now, now Thomas, are you a, a traditional uh charcoal or what's your what's your mode of cooking you know a lot of people go on to the egg a lot of people go on to do a gas grill or something like that or well, these pellets or all that yeah. kind of stuff what what's your well, what do you cook on here recently i bought me a green egg yeah and it's the best cooker i think on the market 
but you got to know how to, to work it, play with it. Once you set the temperature in, like you're cooking a Boston butt, once you, you have, first thing you got to put enough lump charcoal inside of it to cook for six or seven hours. That's the first thing. And get it lit and everything. And then make a plate for it that you slide inside of it. So all you're going to do is just smoke. And once you get that plate inserted, then you put your rack on top and you put your, put your meat in there. And once you're closing, locking your temperature, you go in the house and look at TV. You don't open it for three hours. Wow. So you, now what, before the egg, what were you cooking on? Just I was a regular cooking, old charcoal cooker? I was cooking on a Weber. I got five of them. The Weber? A so Weber. Just a regular old square Weber? Like, like the round one. You know, round, yeah, round I got one. I got the small, the big, and the big one. Well, Weber and Green Egg, y'all can send a check to Thomas for this endorsement <laughs> when he gets this out here on the, on the podcast. But uh, now back on this brisket uh Thomas, did you, so you did several of them, but did you do that on the egg? Yes, I did. Cooked two of them. Yeah. Now, you rub them, or what? Yeah. how's you prep? What's your prep on it? When I, if I know I'm going to cook the brisket Saturday, I usually buy it Monday. And I brine mine. I take them out of the package. I, I get me a cooler. Make sure my cooler's I'm clean. I'm going to have to make some notes. Is that I'll okay, Tom? Yeah, it's fine. I take that, that brisket. First, I make up my brine. And it ain't but salt, brown sugar, and lemon juice. And mix it. Make sure the salt is dissolved in your cooler with your brown sugar and your water. You know, you want it all dissolved. Do you fully submerge the, the brisket in there? I put maybe about two gallons of water. Okay. And then I just take the brisket... And just throw him, just drop him in that mixture and throw a bag of ice on top of it, close the cooler, and let him set overnight. Then the next morning, I'll take the brisket out, I'll pat him dry, and I'll trim him like I was finna cook him, but I'm not going to cook him to, to start. I just trim him up like I want him. Give me another big aluminum pan. And just put him in there and cover him up with saran wrap and put him back in my refrigerator and let him sit till I get ready to cook him. You got anything on him while he's sitting in there on that aluminum no. tray? He's just sitting in there after he's been in that brine. Yeah, and just I just got him sitting in there letting him air dry and just, you know, just break. He, that lemon juice and salt and brown sugar will break him down. He'll be flimsy. He'll Is that be, what makes it tender? That's a lot lot of it. Okay. And a lot of it is letting you sit in the refrigerator two or three days before you cook it. Mm-hmm. He's going through that breaking down process. Right. Do you, uh, what about when you get ready to put him on the egg or whatever? Do you, you rub him down with anything or you put, put inject him with anything? So you, you don't brine it. So the only thing you need on him is I rub him down in olive oil, cracked black pepper, heavy. We see you don't want them salt because you brine them in salt. Got it. But you want that black pepper heavy. You won't be able to see the black pepper on it, front and back. And I like a little garlic powder. And I let him set out maybe an hour or two hours before I cook him. The meat got to, that meat got to come up. Cause when he come out of, that, out of your refrigerator, he's cold. You got to warm him up at least an hour. And by that time, that olive oil and stuff is beginning to melt on him, and it's time to. Put him in your egg. I go fat side down. 
Fat side down. Fat side down in my, my green egg. And my green egg is set up. Once you put that plate in there, it's enough room to put your water pan. I fill mine up with beer. Maybe a two or three beers and some apple cider vinegar and water. Any particular beer? Don't, don't make no difference. Beer, <laughs> beer is beer. Well, okay, we won't stay away from any further endorsement of copyright or any trademark any, or infringement. Cheapest or, beer you can put your you head. You might in. have your sponsor after this, Tom. I think you got two already. Yeah. And then you set your, you know, set that rack over that water pan, and you lay them two briskets right over that water pan. And with that water, what they're going to do, you steaming them and cooking them too. I run mine about 260. 260 for how long? It'll take eight hours. Okay. But once you close that top on him, you're going to have to look at TV on that egg. Because the temperature won't move if you get it set right. That's why I like it. You don't have to mess with it. The less you open it, the better. Man, that sounds So, so I go four hours going to have to look at TV. That sounds great. Uh, to those who still use it on the, uh, you know, the old Weber style, what's the what's the trick of keeping the temperature, you know, regulated for that long time? Yeah. The way my where I work my Weber, you got them little side trays that fits on both sides of your Weber grill. You seen them? Them little trays you stick in there. You put coals on here, coals on both sides. You put your foods you're gonna cook in the middle. You still need some kind of water pan, something small with water underneath it. Set your rack over top and put your brisket over that water pan where you Over the middle. Yeah. I cook in the middle. Mm-hmm. And your coals are up. So the, the coals is coming up, going out. Hmm. Over your meat. And you put you some smoking wood if you want. I like apple. Put yeah. your couple. That sounds fantastic. And Thomas has got it figured out. And the same deal, once you close that top, leave them alone. Don't be opening maybe five minutes. Once you open them, you don't lost the hour of cooking time. That's always my problem. <laughs> I'm always peeping. I'm now, impatient. Uh, I'm impatient. Especially something big now. Right. If you're cooking a steak, you want to get a good hot fire, and four minutes on each side, you're ready to eat a steak. <laughs> Now, you do that on a, just a regular old grill, or are you cooking that on an egg, too? You, uh, if you cook one of the egg, you, you can cook any kind of steak in 10 minutes. You run it up to 450 degrees. Oh, man, you're talking about a sear. I bet. Man, that sounds great. You know? I'm hungry. Well, uh, I, yeah, I'm starving. Yeah. I think Kevin Bowles. Yeah, you got any leftover brisket? Yeah. <laughs> it's <We> gone. Got, <laughs> you know, I know we're out of time. We're probably out of time, but uh, I got to ask one more. What about the whole haul? Do you ever do that much, uh, Thomas? You I got a grill. Haul? I got me a, a trailer type grill. It's a four by four that I have cooked the whole pig. Did that turn out pretty good? It took me 12 hours. And, and to me, the key to that was my son. Got the pig and he brought it to the house. He was 160 pounds by the time they killed him, dressed him, got all the hair out. You know what I'm saying? He brought them to me and I fixed me one of them. I got me one of them big 64 quart coolers. You know, them big ones? Mm-hmm. I made up a brine and dropped that whole pig in there. Same process. Same process. I let him sit. I didn't let him sit overnight. I let right. him go four hours. Right. And then after I took him out of that, I had a clean top, I laid it out. I took that pig out of that big cooler, laid him out, 
got me a bunch of tiles and dried them off real good. And I rubbed mustard all over his, the meat part. And pepper flakes. And I didn't put a lot because I brined him. And we put meat side down inside my grill. Got my temperature up to 250. Mine, mine's a stick burner. So I use real wood. I didn't have to get hot coals and throw in. I was just burning wood. Oh, I got a bad setup. Mmm, that's awesome. Yeah, that sounds that delicious. Good. I'm going to have to try that whole haul <laughs> next year, y'all. Oh, yeah. That sounds yeah, that great. Sound, yeah. That sounds fun. We're, uh, we're about... Matt, we're about out of time, aren't we? About out of time, Thomas. We appreciate you coming yeah, in. Yeah. You gave us a lot of good advice there, and uh, now we just got to put it to good use, don't we? Okay. <laughs> thank you. So thank, uh, thank you all, Mike and Matt, for uh, for everything that, that that we put out to everybody today. And we also want to thank our special guest, Mr. Thomas Milan, that came in and 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 hopefully. Uh, hopefully everybody will take some of his advice and, and, and cook, a, cook a good brisket for your family. So uh, we look forward to, to recording more of these in the future, and, and y'all have a good day. offered through Raymond James Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIP. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors Incorporated. Carroll Bank and CBT Financial are not registered brokers or dealers and are independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Investment products are not deposit, not FDIC, NCUA insured, not insured by any government agency, not bank guaranteed, subject to risk, and may lose value. Any opinions are those of CBNT Financial and are not necessarily those of Raymond James. Expressions of opinion are as of this date and are subject to change without notice. The information has been obtained from sources considered to be reliable, but we do not guarantee that the foregoing material is accurate or complete. The information contained in this email does not purport to be a complete description of the securities, markets, or developments referred to in this material. Any information is not a complete summary or statement of all available data necessary for making an investment decision and does not constitute a recommendation. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Future investment performance cannot be guaranteed. Investment yields will fluctuate with market conditions. Investing involves risk and you may incur a profit or loss regardless of strategy selected. Prior to making an investment decision, please consult with your financial advisor about your individual situation. A fixed annuity is a long-term tax-deferred insurance contract designed for retirement. It allows you to create a fixed stream of income through a process called annuitization and also provides a fixed rate of return based on the terms of the contract. Fixed annuities have limitations. If you decide to take your money out early, you may face fees called surrender charges. Plus, if you're not 59 and a half, you may also have to pay an additional 10% tax penalty on top of ordinary income taxes. You should also know that a fixed annuity contains guarantees and protections that are subject to the issuing insurance company's ability to CDs are insured by the FDIC and often a fixed rate of return, whereas the return and principal value of investment securities fluctuate with changes in market conditions. There are special risks associated with investing with bonds such as interest rate risk, market risk, call risk, repayment risk, credit risk, investment risk, and unique tax consequences. To learn more about these risks and the suitability of these bonds for you, please contact our office.
The S&P 500 is an unmanaged index of 500 widely held stocks that is generally considered representative of the U.S. stock market. The NASDAQ Composite is an unmanaged index of securities traded on the NASDAQ system. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, DJIA, commonly known as the Dow, is an index representing 30 stocks of companies maintained and reviewed by the editors of the Wall Street Journal. Raymond James makes a market in Apple and Tesla. Keep in mind that individuals cannot invest directly in any index and index performance does not include transaction costs or other fees, which will affect actual investment performance. Individual investors' results will vary.